And we read today from Romans chapter 10, verses 11 through 15, reading today from a personal translation. The scripture says, all who trust in him will not be disappointed, for there is no difference between Judeans and Greeks. Christ is the Lord of all, bestowing generously to all who call upon him. For all who call upon the name of the Lord will have salvation. How then will they call on one in whom they do not trust? And how will they place their trust in one they have not heard about? And how will they hear without someone to declare it? And how will they declare it unless they are sent out? As it has been written, how lovely are the feet of those who announce good news. And reading again, verse 30 of Matthew chapter 14. When Peter saw the strong wind, he was afraid. As he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, keep me safe. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, reveal your word to us this day that we might have life in your name. Amen. After Jesus blessed the fish and the loaves, after the crowd sat down on the green grass and ate and were filled, after the disciples gathered 12 baskets of broken pieces left over, after the many families, old and young and different, had all been counted, Jesus sent his disciples to go on ahead of him across the sea to the other side. It was there on the other side that his disciples had planned to meet him. The plans change. And when evening came, there in the night, the boat in which the disciples were gathered was so beaten by heavy winds and crashing waves that they seemed to be very far off course. Lost on familiar seas, again and again they struggled, but to no avail. Early in the morning, after many hours, in those moments just before the sun begins to break upon the horizon, the disciples saw Jesus coming toward them, walking upon the sea, step by step, on the very waters that had nearly overtaken them. Do not be afraid. Jesus spoke to them as they cried out from their trouble. I am here, he said. I am with you. Peter then answered Jesus, if it really is you, call me out to come to you on the water. And Jesus said to him, come. So right then and there, in the middle of the storm, Peter got out of the boat and began to walk toward Jesus, leaving the other disciples behind. Peter then began to feel the wind against his clothes, wind so strong that he could see it, and Peter again became afraid as he suddenly began to sink. 
And beginning to sink, he cried out to Jesus, Lord, keep me safe. And as he did, Jesus took him by the hand. And together they returned to the other disciples in the boat. And as they did, Jesus said to Peter, Little faith, why did you hesitate? Why did you have second thoughts? Why did you have doubts? It's worth pointing out that Peter never answers Jesus' question. Maybe Jesus never intended for Peter to do so. Maybe the question, why did you doubt, was really more for Peter than for Jesus. A question that Jesus wanted Peter not to answer, but to wrestle with and to ponder and to reflect upon more deeply. As we consider Jesus' question to Peter for ourselves, there is a temptation to highlight either Peter's doubt or his faith, one or the other, as being somehow the point of the story. And yet they're both there, and it's hard to try and decipher between them. Jesus places them right next to one another, side by side, as if they exist together, Peter's trust and hesitation, Peter's faith and doubt. The very same could be said for us, that they're both there, and it's hard sometimes to try and decipher between them. And what exactly is Peter doubting? This, too, we're not so sure about. Was it Jesus or himself? And what is the difference? And since Peter never answers Jesus' question, there is no way for us to pinpoint with precision the exact moment when Peter began to have second thoughts. Was it after getting out of the boat as Peter walked upon the water and began to see the wind before him and the waves crashing all around? Or was Peter's doubt the result of his own uncertainty about walking upon the sea, something he had never done before and would never do again and that none of us have ever done ourselves? Maybe Peter's doubt emerged when he saw Jesus walking toward the disciples and he wasn't quite sure that it was Jesus? Or was it still before, as the wind and the waves were battering the sides of the boat in the middle of the night and the disciples, tossing and turning, were fearing for their lives? Or what if Peter's doubt was getting out of the boat in the first place, when it's pretty clear from the story that Jesus told them to stay together? It's really hard to know for sure. And the sticky mess of trying to figure out the reason for Peter's doubt and its emergence in the story begs the question of why it matters so much for us to know anyway. Because the more time we spend focusing on Peter's doubt, the less attention we give to Peter's faith, which Jesus also notices and affirms, little though it may be. Sometimes faith is really the miracle that we should be looking for. As we've said, Peter never answers Jesus' question. Perhaps he was afraid to answer, afraid that he wouldn't be able to find the words, afraid that he really didn't know how, afraid that in answering Jesus' question, he would have to be honest. 
And what if being honest is precisely what Jesus intended by asking the question in the first place? Not to shame Peter or to punish him or put him down or make him feel less than, but to encourage him and to build him up and to help him to grow by facing the truth. Because we do not have to be afraid of our second thoughts. And we will never know what lies behind our hesitations if we refuse to name them. And we will never know what is beyond our questions if we refuse to say them out loud. Our own unwillingness to be honest with God is really just another way of not being honest with ourselves. Believe it or not, honesty in all of its seeming complexity and incompleteness is often the very thing that begins to peel back the layers within us, uncovering a faith that is genuine and a trust that is deeper and truer than any that we have ever known or experienced before. Because it takes faith to admit that you don't have all of the answers. It takes faith to acknowledge that it might not work out after all. It takes faith to confess that your body hurts when you get up in the morning. It takes faith to come clean about what is really going on. It takes faith to confront that what you said was not okay. It takes faith to say out loud that what they did was wrong. It takes faith to accept that you're not the same person anymore. It takes faith to say to them just how much they mean to you. It takes faith to recognize that everything is different now. And it takes faith to cry out in desperation, even when you are sinking to the bottom, as the world beneath your feet is crumbling and you're feeling all by your lonesome and there is no one else to lean on and all of the faith that you can muster is to say somehow over and over again, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When Peter saw the strong wind, he was afraid as he should have been. And as he began to sink, he shouted, Lord, keep me safe. Lord, keep me safe. And so it was in this very moment when Peter's doubt would seem to be on display for all to see. That Peter's faith is what we are able to hear most clearly. I'm going to say that again. It is in this very moment when Peter's doubt would seem to be on display for all to see that Peter's faith is what we are able to hear most clearly. Jesus, save me. Rescue me. I know that you can. I pray that you will. And come what may, I will put my trust in you. Because without you, Jesus, I would not be where I am now. 
Sometimes we get out of the boat and like Peter sinking, we discover that we cannot walk on water. And sometimes when the boat is battering and turning us all but upside down, Jesus somehow manages to show up. The Apostle Paul writes in today's reading from Romans that all who trust in him will not be disappointed. And you know, that doesn't mean that all of our dreams will come true. But it does mean that God's dream for our lives is a promise that can be counted on. That God's dream for peace and justice will never be defeated. That God's dream for our neighborhood cannot be overcome. That God's dream for our city will be brought to its completion. That God's dream to redeem the land and the sea and all its creatures and each and every one of us will surely come to pass and has already begun. It is happening now that each and every step that we take is a step that we take in a world that is being redeemed. And that is why we live to declare the good news of such a promise. Even if we in our lifetimes do not live to see the day when it is brought to pass. Because we trust that those who lean on the love of Jesus will find that same love ready to catch them when the moment comes. And so time and time again, day in and day out, we live and move and have our being in this love. For the promise of salvation has come to us and we are sent to live and to share it with the world. Come doubt and faith, sink or swim, and all that is in between. Thus we pray for our lives to tell the story of the one who has come to rescue us, who was and is and is to come. In the name of Jesus, amen.